This week I finished my weekly in-depth study of and meditation on the letter to the Ephesians by the Apostle Paul. I thought to myself, we have been journeying together through this ancient message from the Apostle Paul for a few months now, and I should really know this letter well. So I went back to the start and tried to recall the main points along the way. I then wrote up a mental tour of Ephesians, its topography, the topics that Paul himself points to along the way, like the technique of creating a mind palace to remember important information. Think of this as my memory journey to remember important truths from this letter to the Ephesians. First, we hear Paul greet us from his prison cell in Rome. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He then with great joy directs our attention to a majestic mountain. He tells us that it is God's eternal love for you in Christ, which ever stands to the praise of his glorious grace. For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. In love he predestined us for adoption. Paul has our attention. We are already inspired and eager to begin this tour of truth. With an outstretched hand, Paul points to a path that he will lead us on. The path is his constant prayer for them, for us, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. So this path heads towards the destination of knowing God and his wisdom. This is the way we want to go. This is the way of life and truth. Paul says, come on, and we follow. The first sight to see along the way is a graveyard filled with the walking dead. This is our world that is full of sinners who hate God. And as we look with disgust, we see our own names on the tombstones. Paul tells us, you were once them. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Now, past the graveyard, we round a corner, and a dusty plain opens up before us. It looks like an old western duel between two men is about to go down. Each one represents a different ethnic and cultural faction in the early church, Jewish and Gentile Christians. The tension was thick between them over this question, whose culture is superior? Then just when it looks like they are grabbing for their pistols, in steps a man, badly tortured, bloody, and carrying a cross. It is Jesus, the one who came to make peace for us by dying in our place. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. Then, after the graveyard and the dusty duel, 
Paul taps us on the shoulders and gently turns our heads to see a massive temple being built. Its multicolored stones create a beautiful mosaic of diversity in unity. And Paul says, that is you now in Christ. You are one of those spiritual stones. Jesus is building his temple by the Spirit, pulling together all the nations by faith alone in Christ alone. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Off in the distance, beyond the temple, in a place of darkness, our eyes catch a small man holding a lantern in the darkness. He's looking for lost people in need of help. We ask Paul, who is that guy? With a smile, he replies, that's me. For to me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God. Then along the way, past the graveyard, the duel, the multicolored temple, Paul shows us a beautiful tree growing beside streams of water. Its roots are deep and strong. Its branches are full of fresh fruit ready to eat. And its leaves are a lush green. He says, the tree is what I am praying for you all. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ it surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God next after the graveyard the duel the temple the rooted tree Paul shows us a hill open to the sky all around and reaching to the clouds he says that's where Jesus ascended into glory carrying with him all kinds of gifts to give by the spirit to his church what for we ask. Paul replies, for equipping the saints, for the work of service, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. After the graveyard, the duel, the temple, the rooted tree, and the hill of Christ's ascension, Paul shows us an outdoor changing room. You know, those ones they used to have on the beaches back in the 1950s. And all of a sudden, this sketchy man stumbles into the changing room. He's filthy as can be. He's dressed in rugged clothes and he smells of pride. Then moments later, a miraculous transformation. The same man walks out joyful, cleansed, in a new suit and humbled. Paul then says, Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and put on the new self created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. Paul adds, Now live like you have been changed. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. With a look of disappointment on his face, Paul points to a man in a deep slumber on a bench with a newspaper covering his face. He tells us, don't make this guy's mistake. He leans over the man and calls out, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. 
The man startles and wakes up with lazy eyes and is weak on his feet after being asleep for some time. We then watch Paul gently lead the man to join a group of people in a circle, celebrating, who are all filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with their heart. Now, after the graveyard, the duel, the temple, the rooted tree, the hill of ascension, the changing room, the sleeping man on the bench, and the circle of people singing, Paul then invites us to a nice ancient Greco-Roman home with dirt floors and no TV, where we find husband and wife full of joy, living in harmony. Paul leans over to whisper in our ears, this mystery is profound. And I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. There, while we're enjoying the simple beauty of a whole family at peace and in order, we hear a horn blast from outside. Paul rushes us out the doors where we find standing at the ready a Roman soldier fully clad in armor, belt, breastplate, boot sandals, shield, helmet, sword. Paul's face stiffens with utmost sincerity. He looks us in the eyes and says boldly, Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. He then points out the usefulness of each piece of armor, calling us to fasten them upon our hearts and to take them up in prayer. Prayer pulls us back to the beginning where we heard of Paul's constant prayer for them that they would arrive at the destination of the full knowledge of God with faith and love. And here in the tour, Paul says, I've led you this far, but you must press on without me. Don't wait for me or worry about me. Continue in your journey. As you go, I send you with this blessing. Peace be to the brothers and love with faith. From God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with incorruptible love. And so here, after the mountain of grace, the path of prayer, the graveyard of the walking dead, the duel of brothers, the multicolored temple, the small man with a lantern, the tree rooted in love, the hill of ascension, the changing room, the man asleep on the bench, the circle of singers, the household in order and at peace, and the Roman soldier in full armor. Here we depart from Paul and this letter, but we are mindful and grateful for the grand tour through its topics along the way. And so that's my memory journey of this letter written to the Ephesians to help me and hopefully help you remember the topography of this wonderful letter written by the Apostle Paul. May we never forget the impression that each part of the journey has left upon our hearts. Believe that God's word has had its effect, that by the Spirit of God, this trip through the letter to the Ephesians has changed our hearts for the better toward greater conformity to Christ, 
towards faith working in love. Amen.